Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mr. Franklin is here today for a follow-up of his hypertension. He is accompanied by his daughter, Helen. He tells you, she doesn't trust me to tell you everything. He says he feels fine. Helen says her dad seems to be moving slower lately and has had some difficulty getting up from sitting. I think he also needs a hearing aid. Mr. Franklin says, I'm 78. Of course I'm moving slower. Helen says he really likes living in his apartment, and I just want to make sure he can continue to do this for as long as possible. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Dr. Susan Feeney, Director of the Nurse Practitioner Tracks at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Frank. Ah, Mr. Yes. Franklin and I share a couple of things, and, and one of those things is is my hearing. Uh, yeah. What do we know about hearing impairment and its risk for poor outcomes in aging adults? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's been a lot of, of research lately that's come out, and it's all sort of leaning in the same direction, that hearing loss is associated with loss of function, and this is physical function. And there is a, a little bit of evidence, too, that there might be a, a association with cognitive decline. So, um, you know, we are sort of in this place of what is sort of normative changes as people age and what would be considered a, a real predictor or risk factor. And um, that we really haven't looked at hearing as a potential risk factor for uh, decreased function, but there's, there's a lot of evidence showing that it that it is associated with um, risk of falls, lack of physical, you know, decrease in physical functioning like balance and gait speed, and um, all the things that would help people be independent and maintain a, a quality life. We've there's been a lot of evidence looking at you know the social aspects of you know loneliness and disengagement, and this is probably all related. But there definitely seems to be an association between um, hearing loss an ability to maintain a functional level as as people age. I've even seen some papers comment on uh, hearing loss and the increasing risk for uh, dementia and depression. Do you want to drill down on that data a little bit and and just tell us what's new? There was a study that just came out that was just published uh, in July um, that looked at, um, it was a cohort study, looked at cross-sectional longitudinal and did a longitudinal analysis of um, folks from the atherosclerotic risk and community study, uh, looked at folks from 2011 to 2019, and they looked at their um, their hearing, and they rated it as normal, mild, moderate to severe hearing loss, and then they monitored them. They looked at their function over time, and they they did. Um, uh, they did functional assessments looking at their balance, looking at their gait speed, looking at their ability to stand from, to stand from chair to standing, um, and then walking endurance. And they found a, a strong correlation between hearing loss at any level 
and the ability to, um, and, and loss of function, loss of physical functioning, um, which is pretty, pretty significant. And it actually is in keeping with, with a lot of studies uh, done before. So this was a pretty large uh, group of people. They looked at almost 3,000 folks in the community. These were folks who were in the community uh, without dementia, who were functioning, um, and they found a, a, an association of decline in these folks looking at those measures. And it appeared to be associated with hearing, yeah. That's pretty serious. Yes. So yes. what do we do about this? So if we have a patient who has even a mild degree of hearing impairment, um, what, what should we do? Well, and this is where the dilemma is. I, first of all, I think that we need to make uh, primary care aware of this association and start this as routine assessment because I think, and this is just my, my take on this, that if you were to look at uh, across the board of primary care providers, are they routinely assessing hearing in a, in a serious way as opposed to, hey, your hearing, Bob, you know, really do a hearing assessment. I'm not sure how many of us are doing that. So if this truly is a risk factor, I would say, first of all, we need to start implementing this as a routine um, risk assessment when we are managing our patients who are older or aging. Um, and then you know, either um, do some kind of baseline audiometry on them if, if they have that ability in your office. Um, and then once you have a, a noticed a hearing loss, um, you know, then do the appropriate referrals. The unfortunate part is Medicare doesn't pay for hearing aids. Um, you know, we, we can uncover a lot of this stuff, but then um, how do you mitigate it? You know, but at least if you can make, make people aware um, and, and understand the risk, maybe there's a way we can intercede. Just as a point though, Frank, they did say in this study that they really didn't look at treatment of hearing loss and whether that had any impact on functioning. So they, we assume it would, one would assume, but that's not data we have at current. So. Well, like any other um, newly presenting sign or symptom, um, I, I hope sometimes that we, 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 we work stuff up. So right. if, if, uh, if, I was, if, if I was looking at, um, at him today, I'd ask Mr. Franklin, you know, um, a few more questions about his physical functioning. I'd probably look for reversible causes of hearing loss. I'd make sure he didn't have cerumen right. impacted right, bilaterally. Right, right. I might uh, check a B12 level on him. I have seen a number of patients develop hearing loss following COVID infection. So yeah. we don't know if that's right, that, reversible or not. Right. That could be um, a whole other level of, of worry. Sure. And I'd, I'd certainly do a get up and go test and see if he's uh, in need of balance training, physical therapy, and so forth. So we've got a few things we probably could do. We don't have great data to know whether it's going to help or not, but it's it's a start. And um, uh, as someone who has hearing loss, uh, I'm I, I can totally see how you get ostracized a little bit and and maybe you, you sit quietly and bob your head. Want to talk a bit about some of the cognitive changes associated with hearing loss? Well, there does seem to be, uh, there was a study that came out in the, in the spring that looked at um, baseline. So they did baseline um, hearing assessment and cognitive assessment in uh, community-dwelling individuals. And they found that uh, pretty consistently folks who had hearing impairment 
had lower cognitive scores than those who had normal hearing. And again, whether that's neurological, whether that's they're not getting, they can't hear the cues or whatever the disengagement, but there did seem to be a correlation. So that's concerning as well because, um, you know, there's many reasons, as you said, why someone might have not only hearing loss, but why they may have a decrease in cognitive function. And it may be the fact that they're just not engaged. Um, and so a, another strong reason to do these uh, risk assessments to assess for hearing and then do a thorough workup, as you said, to assume that it's not just a sensory neural loss that it comes along with, with um, aging, that there may be something that could be reversible, uh, B12, or very, very often it's cerumen impaction. But if it is sensory neuro, you know, really doing what we can to get hearing improved so that we hope that they won't have further decline and keep people. Um, functional. I think what was so telling to me about this work is that this is something so, you know, so essential to our lives, and yet we, we may not be doing the assessments we need to. And um, people is impacting people's append, uh, ability to be independent, perhaps. Well, thank you, Susan. This is very important, and I agree with you. We, we will, this will help step everyone's game up. Yes. Thank you. Practice pointer. Remember to include hearing assessment in routine care, especially of our aging individuals, to help promote optimum quality of life and prevent physical and cognitive decline. Join us next time when we talk about the role of artificial intelligence on predicting patients at risk for suicide. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.